play that. All right, we are recording now. Stand by. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a week. Let me tell you. Rarely has it been a week like the week that's passed, but the week that's passed is passed. And we are back on HR Talk. I'm JC, the co-host of the program. To the left of me is that guy you know and love, Ricky Bias. To the left? <laughs> I'm local now. That's you, nice, man. You are physically to my left this morning. We, you know, it's, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we it. took a week off. We hit that 300th episode. We talked with the face of the franchise, just had a good little bit of reminiscence. There was a lot of clips yeah. in there that may have crossed the line and people found funny. You know, there, there were a lot of things that happened over the span of 300 episodes. So it was good to yep. get that done, flush that out the system. And now we've got a brand new path for another 300 plus more to go. I'm JC and I'm happy to be back. And Ricky is elated as well. I am speaking for him. Before we catch up on on what we are going to be doing today, it is that time in the show for something very important. Folks let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. With Ricky Bias. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Bias. It's 2021, and people are out there looking for a job post pandemic, in pandemic. Doesn't matter. Apply for that position. Stalk that recruiter on LinkedIn. Just don't show up at their house. <laughs> Stop. I wasn't done. <laughs> I wasn't done. Oh, okay, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Ah, <laughs> oh, you killed the vibe. You killed Encore. the mojo, bro. Encore. Encore. Okay, all right. I was going to say, just don't show up at their house. But remember, for every one yes you get, there are 1,000 no's. Boom. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Inspirational quotes with Ricky Bias. Pretty good to be back. <laughs> it is. Pretty good dude, to be it, back. How many times have we taken in three years that we've been doing four almost? How many times have we taken have we've taken a week off like no, that? No, we haven't. We didn't even drag we, a, we didn't even drag an old show out of the coffers, anything like that. We no. just walked away. We said episode three hundred drop. Done. <laughs> we just, we just right. walked on. <laughs> Upset a few sponsors. Some listeners didn't care. Some people didn't even know that we stopped. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, these guys are still around. <laughs> Who did what? Yeah. Dude, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. So, what'd you do with your time off? off? What'd you do with your time? Oh, brother, I went to Indian Shores over on the west side of Florida. Every, every, every Memorial Day weekend, we get a little resort out that the family gets together, and we just hang out there and spend it at the beach. Awesome views, awesome water, awesome people, awesome drinks. It was just great. Really enjoyed it. What so, about you? So, you were out there for two weeks. 
No, I was out there for a weekend. That Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and that Monday, a Memorial Day weekend, we just came back home. You didn't do it. anything else with your life during that time? <laughs> not really, man. <laughs> it was. It felt good not to do anything. It really did, and that's hard. It's hard for me to do. Yeah, yeah. What I, about uh, you? I uh, I hit a brick wall recently. You know. Mm. I hit a brick wall. Are you Ricky okay? Baez. Are you hurt? Uh, what happened? It was more like emotional uh, rather than physical. You know. Oh, got it. Yeah, I uh, I was going through some old books. I was taking a look at uh, some old things I got laying around, right? And I came across this one old quote, right? Never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat. Never confuse a single defeat mm. with a final defeat. Have Scott Fitzgerald, right? So I, I I start to process this in my head, Rick, and I'm like, I need to figure out something more. I I I'm not feeling well with a lot of things lately. I I need to hit the gas and get something figured out. And you know what? I went from feeling eh, so so to feeling amazing because there okay. were some opportunities that presented themselves recently, and I threw my hat in the ring. I did. I I applied for this morning host job at one of these local radio stations, and I have no idea whether or not I'm even going to get it. And there's a high probability I may not, but I still put my hat in the ring. I put together a demo. I did the whole thing. I sent the resume in. I I even did the proper stalking, just like you taught me on (laughs) on LinkedIn and whatnot. And I feel pretty good that I got that part done, man. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It would be a, a huge transition and change. But uh, I've got the demo reel if you want to hear it. Dude, yes, yes. I, I, I was about to ask. Throw this it in one's there. one of the newer ones there. The Only Way I Know with Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, and Eric Church on 106.5 WYRK. As we're getting that final day of the week wrapped up right here, don't forget we've got those Eric Church tickets to be given away. Stop by WYRK.com for details and more information. Or give us a call over here at the station. Get yourself on the list. We're going to be doing that giving away coming up in a little bit. Drawing those names at 644-WYRK, 644-9975. With the weekend upon us, Eden Tractor and Equipment Incorporated out there on Main Street in Eden, New York, they are now officially giving away briskets. So, look, you stop on by, go to check out those new John Deere tractors that they have, and you're going to be instantly in the running for a huge 100-pound brisket giveaway. What could be better than sitting back and smoking a fine brisket on the weekend? Nothing. A nice cooler full of ice-cold ones, and just knowing that beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is officially 5 o'clock somewhere. 5 o'clock somewhere right here on 106.5 WRK. One hundred six point five WYRK JC here, brand new on the station. It's a pleasure to be here, ladies and gentlemen. We got a beautiful weekend coming up. Don't forget, it is starting to turn into tent fair season out there right now. Tent fair season. You got to make sure you grab your loved ones, get out there, and put on them boots for a little bit of two stepping underneath them tents. You know those uh, those beer tents are a big thing around here. And it's one of those things we we always cherish and appreciate to a degree. Hey, coming up in the next block, we're going to be calling down to a guy in Florida who insists that life is a little bit better down there. And he's got a bit of country wisdom for us. Let's find out what's going on. 106.5 WRK.
So disclaimer real quick. I do not work for 106.5. The uh, Eden Tractor and Supply is not giving away 100 pounds of brisket. The entire ah, thing is just uh, just an audition dude. demo reel that I sent in, man. And I, I, I like to think that I crafted something that was halfway decent to send in to the recruiter. What do you think? I I got it. So now I got to tear up a check because I don't have a need for a John Deere tractor, but I was about to purchase one just for me to get a hundred pounds of brisket. Yeah, that right. is a heck of a giveaway. Dude, you want to talk about the best ideas? I have them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bro, that was really good. That was really good. I, I honestly thought I was listening to a legitimate radio station. Well, who knows what the future is going to hold? Maybe they'll call. Maybe they won't. But uh, put my hat in the ring, got the resume in just in time. They they did close the posting, Ricky. I mean, the next day, once words started going around social media, oh, my gosh, yep. JC is applying. Next thing you know, the, the, the job's not <laughs> listed anymore. I was like, holy smokes, it's gone. Yeah, but the, you you shouldn't worry about that. And actually, this is a good lesson to everybody out there listening who re, who is looking for a job, right? If you apply for a position and you see that 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 the position closes shortly after you apply, it doesn't mean that you're no longer considered. Chances are you still are being considered. It's just that the recruiter already saw the numbers he or she needs to start filtering through the resumes and see who they're going to call and who they're not going to call. See, that that's the but, intriguing part to me is because it was already open for, say, I think it was about 15 or 20 days. It didn't even reach okay. a, 30, a full 30-day mark or anything, but that by no stretch of the imagination has to be a defined timeline, and nor did they have something listed in there that it was going to close by X date. So once okay. I got everything in, and then uploaded all the files and got things ready for them to go and preview and check out. The next day when I went back to reread something, it was gone. Like the wind. Uh. It was like, <laughs> wow. All right. Well, you know what? But he, but but here's what you do. Now, don't don't say it on the air right now, but do you happen to know where they are located? Uh, yeah, I do. I'll say it on the Send air right now, but I, I know. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't do that. Send them a bouquet, a bouquet of flowers. Send them an <laughs> edible arrangement. Seriously. Send them. Because if they have hundreds of resumes, that will make you stand out. And it'll show that you're creative. Well, let's be and honest, this though. It's a creative position. I'm uh-huh. a huge fan of edible arrangements. I've sent them to people okay. in the past. I'd be more than happy to do an edible arrangement. But when you have a centralized recruiting office like that, that's based out of uh-huh. like a separate city, and then you've got these subsidiaries all over the country, does mm-hmm. does it matter to local? Maybe you get filtered out before local even gets your stuff, right? No, even better. Because if you send it over to a centralized office that has nothing to do with that requisition that you apply for, then guess what? They're going to be like, who is this? JC? Let me look up JC. Oh, he applied for so-and-so position. And then the VP of that office walks in. Who sent that? This guy named JC from Buffalo. Oh, let me pick up the phone. You never know who you're going to impact. So, so, you're, send it so anyway. you're suggesting send the edible arrangement directly to the main office where the recruitment went to, where that resume is being filtered out. Don't send it to the local. Well, that's the thing. If you don't know where it is. Send it to just uh, well. You're gonna need a little bit of research, right? Just right. go on LinkedIn, find out who the recruiter is, find out where that office is, and send it there. If for some bizarre reason that's not the right office, that's a win for you because that office before that bouquet got there didn't know who you were. Now they do, dude. Who does that? Nobody does that anymore. It doesn't even have to be a bouquet. I mean, unless it's a bouquet of like bacon, like a bacon bouquet. I think they exist. Hundred pounds of brisket. Hundred pounds of brisket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's a fantastic idea. 
yes. The best Send idea. Send them a hundred percent. I really That's, should. I mean, that'll cost you four hundred dollars, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so and then they and then see, they hard then, pass. You know. No, they they would be like, "The heck is this about?" And open the note, play the demo. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> now, for someone like now, okay, look for for everybody listening. I, I'm not saying do that. All I'm saying is think outside the box. If I'm that recruiter and I receive that, I'm going to give you a call because that's that's the kind of create uh, of creativity I would be looking for for the radio station, right? It's a creative position, so I'm sure they want people who think on their feet and yeah, and they do crazy stuff like that. So, dude, get an edible arrangement, send it out, send them a hundred pound of brisket, just like the demo said, and you never know, you might get a call back. All right. So I, while we were talking, I just Googled edibles and there's, that's something totally different. Uh, arrangement. Arrangement. That was the key word in the Google query. Yes. Yes. Do not send <laughs> edibles in the U.S. Postal it, Service. Especially cross state lines. <laughs> highly recommend against doing that. Not a good idea. Yeah. yeah good job. Good Nor job. is Ricky Baez advocating sending edibles to people. <laughs> I am not. Edible arrangements. There Let's we make go. sure we're clear. There we go. I have an accent, but it's, uh, yeah. All right. So uh, we have two major paths to head down today and... I want ah, I you this. to choose which one of the two. Would you like to head into current events, or would you like to head down the path of our TikTok weekly roundup? Ah, oh, man. Let's go to the current Google of the world. Let's go down TikTok. I want to do that. Every now and then, when you're sitting home alone... Two in the morning, can't sleep, insomnia. You need something to do, something more important with your life than just Facebook. No (laughs) one uses Facebook anymore. No. So you spend a little bit of time on the Instagrammy. Maybe you go ahead and, and read the Google News on the Magic Computer Box. But then when you grab your handheld device, the computer in your pocket, your cell phone... It's just been buzzing for the past hour. You now have 77 videos sent to you from a friend that you need to watch in succession. (laughs) And you comply. You do it. Do you know why? Because it's TikTok. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Our weekly TikTok segment begins right now with our weekly roundup. Taking a look at some of the largest impact stories that have been on the TikTokie. In the past week or so, Ricky Baez, what's our first one here? Our first one is from Denzel only. Oh, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. That's right. That's really him. That's really him. That's really him. Yeah, go ahead. And you get three hours. You get eight hours worth of work. I'm going to start it over. I'm going to start it over. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. go. Like Troy. Garbage man, you get three hours. You get eight hours worth of work, but you can do it in three. So you can go home as soon as you finish. Post office, you get three hours worth of work and you make it last eight. (laughs) I did both. I like being the garbage man better. But uh, they weren't bad jobs. It's like people say, oh, the difficulty of making a movie. I'm like, send your son to Iraq. That's difficult. It's just a movie. It's like, relax. I don't play that precious nonsense. Oh, we're moving over. Get out of here. You know, your son got shot in the face. That's difficult. 
making a movie is, is a luxury. It's a gift. It's an opportunity, and most importantly, it's a gift. Obviously, everybody here is, is talented enough to do that, but don't get it twisted. It's just a movie. It ain't that big a deal. The garbage man. So. <laughs> I got to talk about the visuals here, bro. Break it down. Go ahead. So he's at a table. He's dressed up in a black suit. He's got water in front of him. There's different camera angles, and he's talking to some of the people. I don't know who they are. One face I do recognize. So when Denzel is talking about a movie isn't that big of a deal, you know, you send your son to Iraq, that's a big deal. A movie, it's not that big of a deal. And they pan over to this one face, and it just happens to be Oliver Stone. One of the greatest screenwriters ever to go, to hit the hit the face of the earth, and his face is like the hell are you talking about. <laughs> it is hard to make a movie. It is great seeing Oliver. I don't know if he was high or not, but Oliver Stone's face is is priceless when Denzel's talking about that. <laughs> I don't know. Did did you catch that as well? Yeah, I, I saw that. I caught okay. that. I like that part where he's talking about being the garbage man, being the postman. He's had those jobs in the past. You do your work, you go home. You do your work, you get it done, you go home. You've got satisfaction at something being done. There's, there is something to be said for that, Ricky Byers. There is. And it begs the question, like, how, how many people today truly, truly love what they do? How many people go to work in the morning, actually wake up in the morning, get dressed, with anticipation of of going into a place that they truly love what they do, they love what they create, they love how they spend their time, and then go home fulfilled about how they just spend their eight-plus hours. Dude, listen, I think there's a lot more people than we realize that feel that way, but I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is after you feel that way and you give of yourself and now you've got that positive vibe and you're having a great day, having a great week, having a great year, and then other people are taking credit for your work and you're getting backstabbed and backtalked and you can't get promoted. And then one thing after another, years go by and then you're slightly jaded, but it's okay because you still like what you're doing. And then it kind of like continues to eat at you. And then next thing you know, you don't like your job anymore. And it's not because of the job. It's because of the culture. The culture and environment that's propagated through organizations is really, really important. We've got a huge story about that coming up in a little bit in our current events segment. But what do you think about that, Rick? So that begs another question. Can you love your career, love what you do, but hate the current position you're in to do what you love? What? How can you possibly hate, right? So let me formulate this here. Let me, let me, let me, let me articulate this hard question, but that comes down to the environment that comes down to the environment in which you work in. Right. Right. And it comes down to your boss and your peers and the people who report to you. Well, okay. 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 HR. You, Mm -hmm. so the answer to that would be, yes, you could love your job, your career, your industry, and still hate where you are and have a terrible time. HR people live it all the time. You're in HR. You could go to any business in the entire world doing the same damn thing. But at the end of the day, if the business that you're at sucks, you know you could just leave and go to a different business because you're managing yeah. humans, human resources, human capital. That's right. You're human capital. Oh, and what you a are, horrible name. Yeah, what's, what's the other <laughs> terrible word from over the years? Human capital oh, and... Uh, no, that's what it was, human capital. Right, right, right. It's, I can't the, stand that There's like a... a wasn't there like a human policy something or I I don't know I don't know I there, forgot, there, there I are a lot forgot. of bad titles over the years but yeah yeah 
but 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 and the opposite is true so if you're in a field you can't stand but you work in an office where you have an awesome boss awesome team awesome environment and yeah it's it's it really is it really does come down to your interaction with the people who you work with every day regardless whether you love your uh, your your job your field or not so i guess what i'm saying is is that yes you could love what you do but the better question is do you love where you spend your time and that's what affects you the most there it is so it's not do you love what you do do you love who you are doing what you love to do with I have no idea what you just said there, but okay, <laughs> fine. I don't know what you're doing, what with who, and you keep it's a lot who. of sexual harassment investigations uh, no, uh, it's ongoing. No, it's, it's the who at the end of the day. The people, it the is. place, the culture, the who you are with. Very important. Well, I mean, look at us, right? We were, look, right now, you and I talk until we're blue to the face and we bore the shit out of people talking about how much we love our time in the Marine Corps. But make no mistake, while we were there, we were bitching and complaining because we didn't know what we had at the time. Yeah, you were. <laughs> well, we, yes, because we were there complaining about how this sucked. We were in the cold. It, it, it's uh, it's going to Fort Bragg. I it's like it. 30 degrees. It was amazing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think right. you were the only one that hated it. I don't, I don't think so. Uh-uh. No, I heard way too much bitching and complaining uh, when I was there. But... When you get out is when you realize, man, you know what? It's the people that made it. The people made it awesome. I mean, look, look who we keep in contact with. You and I started a podcast, The Face of the Franchise, you know, Dave the Intern, all these other people who support the show, who are, the, who, who are not are not part of the show, but they were proof and they were the reason why we love what we did, right? So bringing it back to this. And I guess the message is to all all the uh, leaders out there that regardless what kind of a team you have, you do have that responsibility to make sure that you create an environment that your team, whether they like what they do or not, you create an environment where they can thrive. You create an environment where that they give a crap about that bottom line because those are going to be the folks that you're going to have to push out at the end of the day because they want to keep working and you want them to go home to their families, but they're going to keep working because they believe in the bottom line. All right. Here's, that is the here's, culture here's a million create. dollar question for you, though. OK, when you're talking about creating, you say create, 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 create. You said the yes. word create quite a bit. Let's think Correct. about let's think about our world from the perspective of a actual creator. You've created something. It's yours. You own it. You love it. You experience it. You put it out for the world. You get paid for it. Now imagine this. You go on social media and you show the world what you've created. And then social media says, you're blocked. You're not allowed. You can't show the world what you created (laughs) because you're infringing on rights. Play this next clip for us, if you could, from Ritalin on TikTok. That's R-I-D-D-E-L-I-N. Look him up, Ritalin on TikTok. My video has been muted because it contains music not permitted for this use. My music that I wrote and recorded. <laughs> and give my permission. To, and I can't appeal. Awesome. My video has been muted. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, he posted a video yeah. that has music. Yes, 
And TikTok said, you can't, that music isn't yours. That is infringement of this person's rights, which he happens to be the owner yes. of that creator. <laughs> right. Right. And he can't appeal it? No, the robots are going to get us at the end of the day, man. That's, that's like all there is to it. I don't even know what to say, brother, but there's there's something oh, not right with best. that one. But look, um, aside from the robots getting us, sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's Freedom of Information Act requests that get us. There was a lot of huge news, and Joe Rogan kind of brought some stuff to the forefront this past week on the Tiki Taki about the Fauci email scandal. Ricky, Ooh, over to you. Here we go. Well, did you read the Fauci emails? Yes. The Freedom of Information emails? That's really crazy. Because, well, he, first of all, he's admitting in these emails that masks don't work. He's, was he? Yes. Yeah, he talked about it. Talked about it openly. Uh, wait, I didn't know that part. I, knew, yeah. I only, here's, I, here's I thought you were going to talk about the, uh, well, that too. The but here's the thing. thing. Part of the email was, look, part of the mask conversation with Fauci has always been that at the beginning of the pandemic, he said masks didn't work. Uh -huh. But then he said, the reason he said that is because there wasn't enough masks for first responders and hospital staff. And he didn't, he wanted to make sure that the supply wasn't right. diminished. So he said that he didn't tell the truth. Uh -huh. Right. Okay. But in these emails, he's also – these are private emails. He's right. saying masks don't work. For he's, real? Yes. He's saying they're, they're, they're not effective for what you – outside of a hospital setting, uh -huh. these masks, like for personal use, the, the kind of cloth masks and yeah. paper masks that everybody's wearing, they're, they're not effective. They're not – they can't – exactly what did he say? Let's, let's pull it up yeah. so we get exactly what he said. But that's not even the big part. The big part is he's talking about gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab. And he's concerned about it and thinking whether or not they had paused that and whether they're still doing that. And he's trying to connect the gain of function research in the Wuhan lab with this COVID breakout and uh -huh. whether or not that's where it came from. Right. And why is that a big deal? Because that's he, they funded it. The NIH funded these people who funded the gain of function research uh -huh. in the Wuhan lab, which means they're responsible for funding the very research that led to this outbreak, if that's where it came from. Right. So all this time when he's been saying it came from nature, there's no way it came from a lab. Well, you know, that's shifted, right? Now everybody's saying well, now it came from a lab. Right. They, right. Right. But then not because confirmed the evidence. Yet. Right. But the evidence is pointing. Yeah. As it's most likely that it came from a lab. Uh -huh. but this whole time, Fauci's been saying it didn't. But you see in his emails that he was concerned. Well, concern, but isn't that, but isn't that like just trying to figure out what the information is? Not really, because I mean, he doesn't definitively know either, right? There's a lot of indications, according to the email, mm -hmm. that he's talking to another scientist. Right. So the scientist points out the variables or the 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 um the components of the virus mm -hmm. that seem to indicate that it possibly came from a lab. Uh huh. But publicly, he's been out and out dismissing that. Because to he's connected to that research. He's, yeah. he's connected to the very research they were doing there. Uh-huh. It's really complicated shit. It's confusing. Yeah. Rand Paul's been grilling him. Have you seen those things? Hey, go. Typical mask you buy in a drugstore is not really effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit in keeping out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. I do mm -hmm. not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you're going to a very... Oh, did you read the Fauci email? And that's wow. it. That's it. So now, wow. if, if people aren't aware, TikTok is going up to three minutes in duration for uploaded videos. That one I came from Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan yeah. family on TikTok. Check it out. Um, yeah. Wow. 
Rogan in that clip right there, educational informational purposes here on TikTok, uh, provided summary of like 30,000 emails in three minutes, basically, you know. (laughs) Now, there's there's a lot more that goes into it, but that really has to get you thinking to a point, man, you know. Have you read... Have you read those emails? No, I, I had to I work. No, I had to work. <laughs> I had things to do. Uh, you know? No, because I would love, I would love to see. <laughs> you're right. If I had time, I would love to see them and see what context. Because I, I, I never, I never subscribe to the notion that masks is are a hundred percent effective. They're not. And here's how I know this, JC. Because I was in a supermarket. Somebody next to me passed gas, and I smelled it. And I had a mask on. It's so, not yeah, even that to me. They don't work 100%. It's not even right? that to me, man. I mean, when I... Okay, let's go back to the Marine Corps. When you think about your time where you had to don a gas mask for a, yeah. a, a situation where you were trying to keep yourself safe, and then you're telling me, no, go ahead, wear a, wear a sock on your face. Well, that's... <laughs> it's two totally different things, you know? It, well, it doesn't work. Yeah, and they I mean, said it very early on that this thing is so small that it passes through and blah, 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 et cetera. You know what's also kind of crazy, though, is on the backside of all of this, now China has opened up the ability for people to have more than one child. They are now encouraging their population to have two or three children, I believe, to grow the population. So they license people to have children, and they have licenses. So because population is rampant, the this. I don't know. Did this virus really knock out the population in China so much that now they're saying, here you go, have more kids? Is that what's happening? I don't know. CNN wow. Business is saying that Chinese <laughs> women were already discriminated in the workplace, but now a three-child policy might make things even worse for them. Um, they, are, they are allowing a three-child policy because for decades, most couples in China, they were only allowed to have a single child. And face heavy fines or forced abortions if they violated the one-child policy. That rule did wow. help curtail growth of China's massive population, which is now 1.4 billion. And then, as you move forward with this, um, they expanded things to two, and and now up to up to three. So employers are required to pay maternity insurance, so that after a female employee gives birth, she will receive a monthly allowance from the government fund. Uh, such payouts are officially capped, though. So if the employer's monthly salary exceeds the maximum allowance payable by the local government, the employer will need to fill the gap with their own uh, financial resources at the end of the day. There's, there, th- this is a great and interesting case piece uh, for another dedicated program uh, at some point. It is, and and I... I- I really want to spend some time on these emails, but, you know, even even outside, above and beyond these emails, even in Florida, you know, Florida is a little bit crazy um, among among other things. But as far as the mask restrictions, you know, our governor says no more government intervention when it comes to that. But it's amazing what you see in different cities in the state of Florida. So, for example, I love Publix, right? For those of you who don't know, Publix is a you know big supermarket chain here in the central Florida area. I think it goes as far north as the, the Carolinas. Well, anyway, um, so the Publix in my area, you walk in and yeah, you have to have a mask. And I respect that. It's their business. And if they have that rule there, I am going to follow it. I, I subscribe to the notion that if I walk into any establishment that has those rules, I will follow them. Now, this past weekend, I was at uh, Indian Shores on the west side of the state, just north of St. Petersburg, Petersburg, Florida. And one of the things that we do, JC, whenever we go to a resort, um, we we do a little shopping spree. 
uh, because we just want to go to the beach and pool. We don't want to have to get in a car and go get something to eat. So we go to Publix in that area, the exact opposite. So here I am thinking, let's walk in here with a mask on, and we look like we're about to rob the place. We're the only <laughs> ones with a mask, right? Nobody has a mask. And again, I don't care, and I'm just looking around, and I guess I could take this off. I don't know, but it just felt weird. That whole town, I think 2.2% of the people were wearing masks. Again, either or, I don't care. I follow whatever rules are in place, but it's amazing how different these different cities are in the same state. February 1st of 2020, scientist Christian Anderson told Fauci that SARS-CoV-2 has very unusual features and it looks potentially engineered. This is in a email that was discovered by BuzzFeed via a FOIA request. Moving forward from that, um, in the body of that email, with a little bit of the back and forth, not long after the email, the scientists authorized a piece insisting that the virus was natural, and Fauci said the same publicly to mm. kind of cover things up. This was brought forward by Sherry Markson on Twitter right there as well. It's... Uh, it's interesting how in the body and text of the emails, it's very clear that he says that it, it does appear that it may have been engineered. But then uh, during a May 2020 interview with National Geographic magazine, he goes on to expound upon the evolution of the virus and bats and, and what's out there right now and how it's leaning towards it could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. It's been a tale of two stories with the guy all the way along. So... I want to root this back for a second to the employer space, okay, for yep. the, the sake of HR talk here. There's a lot changing. CDC has come <laughs> out, and, and they've changed their rules and guidance on masks. You see governors that, that were dropping the hammer previously to make sure that toddlers were wearing masks, saying, eh, <laughs> no, it's okay. You, know, you don't have to do it anymore. Don't worry about Fetuses. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like... At some point, lines have been drawn, and the lines are drawn. So here we are now. Guidance has changed. Uh, directives have changed. Certain employers are still mandating and requiring the people that enter their establishments still wear these things, that their employees still wear them unless they're vaccinated. And then this debate rages on when the entire thing is plausible, based off the divulged emails discovered by BuzzFeed, that it all could have been for not that there's nothing any of this could have done to help anybody along the way. So from the employer perspective, as we move forward with this as CDC guidance guidance from the centers for disease control mm -hmm. changes, it's not law it's guidance <clears throat> from the employer perspective. Do you mandate everybody wears one? Do you not? Do you follow the CDC? Do you follow your governor? Do you follow what, where, where's, where would be the best recourse for an employer to, to, gauge their next steps i i know what my answer is but in your opinion gauge their next steps as to the evolution of their policy within organizations so it's i'm going to take off my private citizen hat and put on an hr hat on because there's two different things two different conversations bro so from an hr perspective i know the cdc put that guidance on there and when it comes to this virus It'll behoove of any organization to follow what the CDC says, not as a gospel, but as a guidance. Because at the end of the day, 
they may not have all the answers about this virus and how to be safe. I mean, it's it's painfully obvious that they're learning about this just as just as we are, but they're better equipped to process this information. So, whereas these different businesses do not know much about this, they have to follow that guidance. And the reason they have to follow that guidance is because if you're going to be one of those organizations that you're going to require your associates to come back to work and you don't have a good social distancing process or policy, or better yet, you don't have the your leadership are not enforcing it, then you're going to open yourself up to legal issues. If the employee gets sick and catches the virus at work, you now have a workers' comp situation. If they die because of it, you now have a bigger issue. And if it, if it keeps becoming rampant, OSHA is going to step in and then OSHA is going to find you. So it becomes a huge financial burden for the organization. So it's better to just completely it, it, it's just follow that guidance and require PPEs in the office if you're going to require people to come in. Okay, from an well, HR point the, of view. the guidance says right now states uh, fully vaccinated people can resume activities without wearing masks uh, or protection or anything. And regulations all the way around, including local businesses and workplace guidance, uh, resume standard operations. All right. So is there anywhere in there that 2021? So hold on. Is there anywhere in that guidance where it says that now that you don't have to do it, they take a resume operations and somebody comes to work. And if you don't have PPE guidelines in place and now they get sick, are you protected from legal issues? Because if it doesn't say that, then it, it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit because the losses can still be can still be brought to the organization for not taking the proper precautions to keep employees safe. Yeah, it's guidance. I but get it, it. But it is but, saying that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to do anything. Period. <sighs> Period. But at the same time, but doesn't it says that if you're fully vaccinated, you're not 100% protected. You still can't get the virus. It's the symptoms are just dramatically smaller. Quote, if you're fully vaccinated, you can resume activities that you did before the pandemic. Fully vaccinated people can resume activities without wearing a mask or physically distancing, except where required by federal, state, local, tribal, or territorial laws, ah. rules, and regulations, including local businesses and workplace guidance. So to that, when we think about local business and workplace guidance, if the CDC has now changed the rules and they said, if you're fully vaccinated, go back to everything that you were doing, might be time for some of those mandates that were put in place that are restricting businesses and individuals to be lifted. Let it go. If you followed the science to get you there in the beginning, follow the science to get yourself out. The science is not going to protect you from a lawsuit. It's not. And that's how organizations yeah, but the, need at, to think. At the, at the start of this whole thing, it was all about the science. Everyone says, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. Correct. And now we Correct. know that the science was garbage. Now we know that <laughs> well, <laughs> a good portion of that was part of a setup. As divulged from his emails. It's literally in black and white in, in Dr. Anthony Fauci's emails. And as of now, the CDC guidance has changed for specifically fully vaccinated people. So at that point, mm-hmm. move forward. Move on. But organizations still need to follow proper safety protocols. It's understood. They have we, to we protect could beat that drum. You, you could beat that drum no. until you're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, my point is, two is that. Things. Well, no, no, no. Hang on a second here. Even though what you're saying is going to be the same thing over and over, that's not going to be two different things. That'll be the same thing over and over. What I'm getting at, though, is whatever policies and things that you have in place right now that are mandates, that are these local laws, that are these limiters, like you don't. 
you don't have some of these in place in Florida. Other states do. Other places do. And as the evolution has taken place, you look at these limiters change. Like in New York right now, you go anywhere you want. You're fully vaccinated. Take the mask off. Go into a business. No mm-hmm. mask required. No mask needed. Except when you go to, a let's say, a particular chain restaurant and you walk in and they're like, no, got to have the mask on to walk to the table. Well, you know what? You don't need my business then. And then why are you even letting your workers <laughs> show up and, and, and force them? So here, here's the thing from the employer perspective, OK? You're going to force your workforce to continue to wear the mask, even if they're fully vaccinated. And patrons that come in that are fully vaccinated don't need to wear the mask. Why would someone want to continue working there if you're going to keep forcing everyone to wear masks when you don't need to? Okay, so the answer would be if you don't want to work under those guidelines, go somewhere else then, right? Those are the rules of the organization. That's and exactly employees have what to I was follow those at. rules. That's exactly what I'm getting at. And you're going to have companies lose people left and right. You're going to have a shift and change in the next year if businesses keep clamping down based on rules and regulations that are outdated. Everyone wanted to follow the science to get to here right now. Okay, we did. And now we followed the science. We did what you said. We got our shots. We did this. Cool. Resume normal life. Well, you can't really do that yet. Why is that? Well, because HR said this. No, but that's but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is two different conversations. Yes, everybody kept saying follow the science to be safe. Let's try to be as safe as we possibly can with the information we have at hand right now. Now, but in order for an organization to protect themselves from little tiny lawsuits, they and if the science that got us here, like you're saying, now has a different turn, the organization still needs to protect themselves. Remember, the CDC is giving guidance on what organizations and people should do for what they believe they should do to be safe going forward. But that doesn't um, um, protect organizations from all these different lawsuits where people are out there for the sole per and they apply for a job for the sole purpose of catching the organization and, and put them in a catcher. I gotcha situation so they can sue them. Now, yeah, organizations have uh, insurance to protect themselves against that. But it's still my recommendation would be if you're going to bring them back, protect yourself at all costs. Now, here's the thing. If you choose not to do it, that's fine. I I saw that in the insurance. Nobody had a mask on and it was actually pretty cool. Right. But again, I follow whatever rules are set there. But organizations have to protect themselves and the cdc is not designed to protect organizations from legal issues lisa nago piazza from sherm published this going back about the 18th or so as uh, as policy changes managing workplace mask requirements as restrictions are lifted is going to be a very important thing according to the cdc fully vaccinated employees can safely work indoors in many situations without wearing masks social distancing or undergoing covid19 screening procedures Of course, CDC guidance is not legally binding and only tells employers what behavior CDC thinks is safe Mm. based on the agency's expertise with contagious infections and diseases, explained Pierce Blue, an attorney with Morgan Lewis in Washington, D.C. Employers that are located in a state or municipality that continue to mandate masks and social distancing must follow those orders, he noted. Employers that aren't subject to more stringent local laws simply just have to choose. Whether to yep. drop mandates or keep stricter rules in place. Drop the rules. Like you said. Well, drop the rules. Like, Evolve. Like you said, if if you as a patron do not like those rules, go somewhere else. If you an employee, as an employee, don't like those rules, go somewhere else. Let the market decide. Let that market decide and then go from there. 
I agree with governors and state officials not being involved. I agree with people doing their own thing, organizations uh, uh, doing what's best for their business, but let that market choose how that's going to play out. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. If 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 you go into an if, if you're an employee and you're in a state where it requires it, or you, better yet, you're in a state that does not require it, and you hate the fact that you have to wear a mask while you're at work, then you have to decide: is this something you want to continue to put up with, or do you have the skill set? Or to, well, yeah, the skill set of the will to just go somewhere else, get either equal or better pay that doesn't require that mandate. It really is up to you. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> but I I I. I'd rather not have it, to be honest, but I again, I follow the rules of the business. According to the Sacramento Bee out in California, California State Board on Thursday narrowly rejected and then ultimately approved a plan that eases the requirement for employees to wear masks and practice social distancing. The vote came as board members said that they were uncomfortable with moving with a plan that would still have required workers to wear masks indoors unless everyone else around them is fully vaccinated. Some members want the rule to be closer to federal and state guidance, which allows or will soon allow fully vaccinated people to be unmasked, even indoors. The board did reverse its vote after an hour-long decision, after realizing that rejecting the updated rule would mean the current regulation, which does require masks to be worn at all times indoors, Mm. as well as outdoors, if less than six feet away from others, would have stayed in effect. The new rule out in Sacramento there goes uh, out into effect June 15th, pending administrative approval. And uh, the state's Division of Occupational Safety and Health, OSHA, Cal OSHA, voted to convene a subcommittee to immediately revisit the new rule to see if it can more closely adhere to the federal and state guidance at the end of the day. There's a lot of movement on this front, a lot changing. And it's going to be interesting to see what changes in the next week two weeks and month as more information is divulged and researched and found from the emails that were released under FOIA. Speaking of those emails, um, I'm not 100% certain. Was he hacked or was this a legal request? No, no, it was a legal request, just like BuzzFeed did for the previous president. They filed a Freedom of Information Act request and they they obtained data and information. So BuzzFeed did the exact same thing this time, only on, on Fauci. But the difference is this go around... No one in the press is talking about it. It's not news anywhere. You've got some articles written online, but if you turn on the evening news, you're not going to find this being talked about at all, which is really, really <laughs> interesting. Rogan dissected that very good. That that small clip from his TikTok there, just a, just a pale of the shade to uh, to the full piece. I highly recommend. Everyone knows who Rogan is. You don't need his. You don't need us to promote him. Go check out that program. It was definitely, definitely, definitely really, really good, as well as some of the others out there. How so? With 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 everything happening and your state kind of loosening those those restrictions, what are you seeing in businesses? What are you seeing in restaurants? Everyone's are you done. People. Everyone's done. If you go to the big yeah. chain restaurant that might be owned by Darden Foods. You're going to be required to wear a mask to walk in the door and go to your table. And then they they eased that up a little bit, depending on where it is, because people are just walking out. They're like, screw you. And then when you go <laughs> to like any other establishment, any grocery store, you go to Walmart, wherever. If you've been vaccinated, you don't need nothing. Done. That's, <laughs> That's it. Crazy. <laughs> Life back to normal. And then next thing you know, you find out, hey, here's all this Fauci stuff. It's like, wait a minute. Come on, man. This is rough. This is rough. Did I even need the shot? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, at the end of the day, 
We do have something else here that was a little bit of a letdown. There's been some new rules that went effect on the uh, federal level, talking about health care, talking about the evolution of like what was formerly Obamacare and now potentially Biden care. And we do have Gray, uh, Grayson Coates, Grayson Coates on TikTok, shedding light on this very important branding issue and this very important switch of sale, so to speak, be said. So Obamacare has been changed to Biden care. I just have to say I'm very upset. We were promised Batacath care. Rock and I think it's a right for people that bad and kept care. And did we ever get true international ever to pressure? Another broken promise. So Obamacare has been changed to buy. <laughs> Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. Dude, that is so Play wrong. Here. <laughs> I just have to say I'm very upset. We were promised bad cat care. Rock and I think it's a right for people that bad and kept care. And did we ever get true international ever to pressure? <sighs> Another broken promise. Broken so- promises <laughs> left and right. Big- <laughs> Big kudos going out to Grayson Coates for shining light on things, shedding light just like bro, BuzzFeed did. Bro, you know, you know that's just the age. wasn't Wasn't Trump at a rally yesterday and he started talking about something similar? He just started just rambling nah, off. I don't care about him anymore. He's not an office. Thing, He's not an office. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Batacat care. I wanted bad cat care. I want. I'm gonna to, get T-shirts that yeah. says bad cat care. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm I, getting T-shirts. I want to find out, like, from the HR perspective, like, how are you going to evolve <laughs> with bad cat coverage? Like, you know, I I didn't know where those mandates drew the lines. I tell you what. I tell you what. If we if we take a couple of thousand dollars, right, and just put a nice little commercial together, <laughs> put it on Facebook. <laughs> I'm telling you, put it on Facebook and then advertise it, sponsor it. People will sign up for 1999. You too could have <laughs> bad cat care coverage. <laughs> yeah, and right. just play the music. <laughs> uh, um, who's who's that lady that sings those sad songs to uh, give Bet for a, you know a price of a copy? Bet no, Miller. no, yeah, the yeah. other one. No. Oh, Cardi it, B. No. <laughs> No. She's got some sad music, yo. Yeah, she saying. does. No, b- back in the day, to give you know, give a kid a chance in Africa, something like that. One of those, uh, one of those commercials, and for like you know, for a price of coffee a day, you can help. Not Sally Struthers, Sarah McLaughlin. The, yes, yes. For the yes, price, for the price of a cup of coffee a day, you too could have bad cat care coverage. <laughs> Grayson Coates on TikTok. Oh my God, is that the end hilarious. of our TikTok journey for the week right there? That is the end of the journey for the week. Yes, didn't, sir. You, didn't you have that one or two that you wanted to slip in there? Or it, it, it Was that the end of the line? Is that the end of the line no, right that, there? Truly? That is the end of the line from okay. a TikTok perspective. Hey, yeah, no problem. Is. I got something for you. Current events Bad-a-cat this week. <laughs> Current <laughs> events this week is brought to you in part by Batacat Care. <laughs> for the uh, price of a cup of coffee a day, you too could be covered for Batacats. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. It gets me it laughing is, too is. much, man. I love it. Mm. All right. So uh, these these first few stories, I'm not going to read them in depth. Okay. I'm going to hit some headlines. And then we're going to transition into a very important story. But at any point, we could most certainly, air quote, circle back 
to any one of these that you desire before we get to the end. Uh, Tyson Foods, the CEO, is officially stepping down. Jeff Bezos is officially stepping down as Amazon CEO on July 5th. Mike Lamach is stepping down as Train Technologies CEO. Cone Health CEO, Aiken. Dr. Mary Jo um, is going to be taking over over there. Anyways, long story short, Aiken is stepping down over Cone Health. Uh, Vivint CEO is officially stepping down. Todd Peterson calls it quits after more than 20 years at the helm of the smart home security company. The FanDuel CEO, Matt King, is going to officially be stepping down. Co-founder of Harris is stepping down from Apollo Global after reportedly uh, failing to get CEO position. And the founder of TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, will officially step down while they're at the top of the pile of all, all social media online at this point. This is a very, once again, short whoa, whoa, whoa. and abbreviated list. Is there a common theme on why they're stepping down? Or so, just different reasons? I want to ask you this. We've seen one heck of a trend going back about the past year, year and a half, mm-hmm. of CEOs stepping down. Okay. What's going on, Bias? I, that, well, that's what I'm saying. What's the common theme? I haven't read all of these articles, but it, it, it's there has to be a common theme Is it as to why... No, because these guys are still alive. Right? right. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, Gates. Um, I Gates is out. You know, Bezos he's, out. That, he's been out, but I mean, he's he's. There's a whole thing going on why, there. Why Bezos? That's the part I don't understand. I mean, his 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 wealth just went up by fifty percent since the uh, pandemic, right? But I don't know the reasons why he's stepping down. Yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, I don't know, brother. I I I don't maybe. This is just me shooting from the hip here. Maybe they realize this is going to be a brand new work environment. The This pandemic has really shaken up how people work, when they work, and how they conduct that work. And maybe they're leaving seats open for people who are able to leave those folks where these guys in the past are not used to that kind of a shift. Maybe that's what it is. A lot of people are severely afraid right now that this could be a sign of the times of a potential market collapse or something of that nature. Who knows, man? I don't know. CEOs stepping down left and right for the past year and a half, two years. It's a tough pill to swallow at the end of the day when you read these headlines. So the founder of TikTok, uh, Zhang Zhang Yiming, Yiming. Yiming. Zhang Yiming. Hope I said that right. Uh, he's Zhang seared, Yiming. He, he seared ByteDance to an amazing spot. Uh, making, I can't even tell you how much money. And him walking away from it all as well. This It's a, it's a very huge time. Very big things going on here I, in the world of all this, you know. I never heard of that. I never knew. I didn't know TikTok was owned by a company called ByteDance. Is this news to you? Because it's news to no. me. No, no, no. I, I never I heard of that. that. Yeah. ByteDance. Yeah, they've been around. <laughs> <laughs> never yet. Okay, got it. <laughs> Don't know what that means. So, right. uh, so ultimately, let's uh, let's move this forward to TechCrunch. Okay, uh, this was written by Natasha. Uh, the title of the article: Medium sees more employee exits after CEO publishes culture memo. Now, Medium um, is a company, and in <laughs> April. <laughs> The Thank CEO, you for the clarification. You're welcome. The CEO of that company, E.V. Williams, did write a memo to his entire staff about the company's shifting culture in the wake of a very, very complex and challenging year. Quote, a healthy culture brings out the best in people. 
They feel psychologically safe, voicing their ideas and engaging in debate to find the best answers to any question. Knowing that their coworkers are assuming good intent and giving them the benefit of the doubt because they're given that in return. A few paragraphs later, Williams wrote that while counter per, uh, counter perspectives and unpopular opinions are always encouraged to help make decisions, repeated interactions that are non-constructive, cast out, assume bad in time, make unsubstantiated accusations or otherwise do not contribute to a positive environment have a massive negative impact on the team and the working environment. These behaviors are are not tolerated. So he's laying the smack down for the uh, for the uh, for the staff in this email, right? Now you you instantly have a reaction there. Go ahead. What's mm-hmm. your vibe? Tell me. So so I get what the CEO is saying. I completely understand that. Why would you put it in a memo? Why? Because it's going to be received just like this. So it's I don't know if you have more, but I have so much to say about this right now. <laughs> so go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah, go yeah. Ahead of the um, simply put, of the 241 people who started the year at this organization, 50 percent of them are now gone due to culture changes. This email being the driving force. The staff felt changes were the company's way to, quote, enforce good vibes and shut down anything that is questioning the mission. End quote. Oh, come on. Sorry. Go ahead. That's it. Yeah, they lost Look, half their workforce. Well, maybe that's good because if they didn't pick up on what the CEO was trying to say, then I don't know what else they could possibly pick up that they could, you know, produce Dude, some C- kind of value for the company. Didn't the CEO say it best? We want to be open, wholesome, yeah. inclusive, and we don't want your opinion. No, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> he wants he wants people's opinion, but what he's saying is once the opinion is heard if and it's negative, gone through the process. If it's a bad no, opinion. No, no, wait a minute. Not even. Yeah, no, yeah. If it's a bad opinion, saying. he doesn't want to hear it. No, a repetitive opinion. I that's something that after has it has been heard and processed, and they said we're not going that route, you're gonna keep pushing it and pushing that it are and pushing it. Constructive, yeah. cast out, and assume bad intent make unsubstantiated accusations or otherwise do not contribute to a positive environment, have a massive negative impact on the team working environment, the behaviors are not tolerated. He shouldn't have said it, though. He shouldn't have said it. He should not. This is this is the same thing as if one person messes up in a big organization, you create a policy for that for 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 everybody to follow because of that one person. Instead of it saying we welcome it's differences of opinion. We welcome points of view and behind closed doors, address those people individually who keep pushing negative shit. Right. But don't, don't say that out in the open. (laughs) That just makes no sense. Quote, several current and former employees told TechCrunch that they believe the medium's mass exodus is tied more to the CEO's manifesto dubbed the culture memo. End quote. They don't even call it a memo. They start calling it a memo. Then they call it a manifesto. A manifesto, right? A manifesto. They they should start using his middle name when they talk about him at this rate. (laughs) Right? So hold on. I'm taking my CEO hat off, and now I'm putting my employee hat on, right? Look, if if I heard that message as an employee, I'm still going to stick around. And if I get upset at that, then maybe I'm the one he's talking about. 
And maybe I should leave if that's the case, because I keep pushing issues that are dead and it doesn't help the organization move forward. Here it comes. In mm-hmm. February, a number of medium employees led by the editorial staff announced plans to organize into a union. Ah! The unionization effort was eventually defeated after falling short by one vote. One vote. Wow. Thank you, Karen. A shortfall that some employees think was due to medium executives pressuring staff to vote against the union. They continually probed and pressed and pressured them to vote against it, and by one vote they lost. A number of employees left, which is not uncommon in the aftermath of a very tense time period, such as a failed unionization, and the offer of a clear financially safe out if you want to leave. Notably, Medium has gone through a number of editorial strategy changes, dipping in and out of subscriptions, in-house content, and now leaning on user-generated content and, and paid commissions. Yet, even at the end of the day, no one knows who they are. Employees that we spoke to think that the CEO's memo, well, internal rather than publicly posted, is reminiscent of the statements put out by Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong and Basecamp CEO Jason Freed which both banned political discussion at work due to its incendiary or distracting nature. While the Mm. manifesto from the CEO of Medium doesn't wholly ban (laughs) politics, the first engineer that said that the undertone of the statement creates a not-safe work environment. Frustrated employees created a side Slack channel to talk about the issues at Medium Mm. and to go on more about the negative feelings that they had within their safe spaces regarding the manifesto. The way I see it, they fought dirty to defeat the union, the first engineer said, but it wasn't a total success because all these people have decided to leave in the wake of the decision, and that's the cost. The people who are left basically feel like they have to nod and smile because Medium has made it clear that they don't want you to bring your full self to work. End quote. Agreed. If you are a negative a-hole, don't bring yourself to work. I agree with that notion. If you are a current or former medium employee and want to talk to TechCrunch, reach out to Natasha Mascheranis at TechCrunch.com or on Signal at 925-609-4188. But definitely check out that. Yeah, but check out uh, TechCrunch.com. That was dated June 3rd. And the title of the article is Medium Sees More Employee Exits After CEO Publishes Culture Memo. Over to you. I'm on the fence now, man. I it's I really am am on the fence because again I You were just arguing with yourself. Why are you on the fence now? You were in okay, what happened? No, because what I'm happened? reading this for the first time and I'm processing this I and I'm putting this. my thoughts out there. I love Good it. Lord. <laughs> no, I am on the fence because A, yes, he shouldn't have put it out there because of how people would have perceived it. He should have just addressed those issues on an individual basis and not announced that he's going to address it. Because then from my perspective, people are gonna take it the wrong way. Then on the other hand, and this is why I'm on the fence, if I am that person who takes it the wrong way, do I really want to work for this organization then? And as a leader, do I want somebody who takes those kinds of uh, of uh, um, that memo or manifesto? If you are threatened by it, then you're the one who who we're talking about. We've got so you saying manifesto now. I love it. I know. Well, because I want to be relevant to the freaking story, man. That's why. No. So 
so yeah, that's what I'm saying. It really is hard. We're on. I'm on the fence because a he should have had done it, and b the um, the employees who really are taking this to heart and they're really offended by it. Maybe they're the, and watch. I'm curious to see in about a year to see how their attrition either goes up or down. To see how their 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 culture is enhanced or deteriorated even more because of this. Let's now that uh, they left. Let's continue to stay relevant and agree with Dr. Fauci that masks don't work. <laughs> oh, shit. Your next story here is going to be coming to us from Engadget, written by Jay Fingus on the fifth. Just came out today. Please stop by their website. Check this out. We are are just sharing this data for education and informational purposes only. There's a lot more that these writers do. They, they do amazing jobs. Uh, some of the websites go subscribe. If, if you don't have to subscribe, read the article and go from there. And if so, you find something from a local paper like the Sacramento Bee, share it, bring it forward to HR talk. We love the local news. Very good stuff. Great writers out there in the world. So Jay Fingus Title of the article, Apple Employee Group Rejects Planned Return to the Office. They want more opportunities for full-time remote work. Just dissecting it from the headline. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Uh, let's, uh, how do we paint this picture, Ricky? What's, what's the best way to paint this picture? I'm thinking the best way to paint this picture of employees rejecting your employer's requirement to return back to work. Oh, wait, work. I got it. I got it. Hang on. You know, now that, like, the entire mask thing isn't real, and, like, we've been remote. Dude, squirrel. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I, like, don't want to go back. Ricky, this beach is like wicked awesome, bro. We should stay here with. Whoa, watch out! Watch out, dude. <laughs> Got some seashells in your toes, <laughs> bro. We should go back to like the bar and and figure this out on our Apple watches. But I kind of think that like we don't need to go back, bro. Let's get everyone to agree we don't need to go back, bro. What do you think, man? Here's what I think. I think if, well, we have to examine why the CEO wants dude, to bring people back into the office. Hold dude, on. Dude, man, Hold why on. are you talking this way on the beach, bro? Because I don't talk any other way but the way I currently talk, like, right now at the beach. <laughs> I uh, don't get all broham on people. <laughs> I would like to make sure that I order myself a new margarita. <laughs> I am having a great time at Indian Shores. Yes, I am not, in Human Resources. Should you I'm like to party... Off. Should you like to party, go to the back of the parking lot behind the floodlights. This has been another important message from Ricky Baez. My manifesto is out of the open. <laughs> Dude, if, if here's the thing, CEOs who are planning on bringing people back to work. A, I will question why you want to bring people back to work. And if it's if A, it's because you don't trust them, then, yeah, you don't deserve to be in a leadership position. Number one. Number two. If the reason for you to bring them back to work is because of productivity, let's take a look how you have been working for the past 12 months. Has production gone up? Has it plateaued? Has it dropped? Because if it's gone up, 
what reason other than you not trusting them would you need to bring them back into the office? So the Verge, Give them the flexibility. The Verge report said about 80 Apple employees have written and edited a letter urging Tim Cook to rethink plans requiring staff to return to the office in September. They felt actively ignored by leadership, which claims people are eager, uh, very eager to return to in-person collaboration and wanted an option for full-time remote work rather than planned twice a week. Now, the writers wanted Apple to let teams decide who could work remotely or in flexible locations and to create a clear plan of action for accommodating people with disabilities through remote and flexible work. They also wanted details of how a on-premise work would impact the environment and an exit interview question asking if remote work played a role. Apple should also issue a reoccurring survey asking workers about these issues, according to the writers. Engadget asked Apple for comment. And we're not exactly sure what it says. You're going to have to stop by their website to read more about that. But any anyway, end of the day, a lot of people are like all over the board on this one. Um Nearly 40% of Apple developers are really unhappy with the way things are going and the way that Apple is treating them and, and people that work at Foxconn factories, the same. Even as Apple employees now are really unhappy, it seems like the only people that are happy with Apple are the Apple-sponsored uh, people on the internet that praise their their products. But past that, they might listen in on your uh, devices at 2 in the morning and ask if you need a call to 911 or something, I guess, right? I mean, like... <laughs> I don't know, bias. <laughs> Maybe. What, what do you think well, about all this, man? This is heavy. This is a lot. Do you listen to the workforce? Do you change the environment? You've done this successfully for a year, year yeah. and a half. Or do you force mandate everyone to come back and now you radically change the, the work environment yet again? I, I, I don't know. What well, do you think? It's, um, again, we, we, we talked about this last year when the pandemic first hit. For people who always theorize that if people work from home, that pr- pr- productivity was going to drop, this was going to be the test. And I haven't seen Apple stock, but I'm sure it keeps going up and up and up. And that is a good indicator that employees working from home during that time and their record-breaking success, that productivity has not dropped. Now, I like the idea of letting the, the individual teams decide. I like the idea of giving people the 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 flexibility of deciding whether to come in or not come in because i guarantee jc the way things are pointing right now what is happening right now that it's going to be a benefit just how medical dental vision 401k pension is being offered right now one of the things that's going to make up a total compensation is going to be remote work i'm telling you and for these organizations, the best thing they can do is to offer that flexibility. Just how you said about the uh, people being required to wear a mask at the um, at work. If they don't like it, they'll go somewhere else. Same thing here. If they continue pushing that narrative, they are going to go somewhere else who is going to offer that flexibility. Now what are you going to do? Now you're going to have to raise your rates or just change everything, just how McDonald's oh, is doing right now. I know Raising what. their minimum wage to $15 an hour. You maybe start hiring remote workers from anywhere in the world and get them cheaper. Well, that's the thing, right? You're Apple. So that would you create make, a bigger issue. You make the computers. <laughs> well, no, they don't make them. I mean, China does, right? So <laughs> Foxconn makes them. <laughs> so uh, they could do that, right? Apple will go or... You know what? Let's not pick an apple. These organizations would go to wherever the talent is. Who's got the most talented oh. individuals? Speaking of talent, 
Our next story is coming to us from TheVerge.com. Title of the article, T-Mobile employee files suit after HR asked invasive questions about her OnlyFans account. Going back to that discussion of talent there, Caitlin Stevens was trying to report a male colleague for physically threatening her. This is written by Zoe Schaefer. Schiffer. Zoe Schiffer. Details and more information on their full website. Educational information purposes only here, ladies and gentlemen. A sales rep at T-Mobile store in Fort Worth, Tejas, has filed a gender discrimination suit. Filed it straight up against that company after a member of the HR team inappropriately questioned her about her OnlyFans account. Now, Caitlin Stevens has been working at T-Mobile for nearly seven years. When a male colleague got really, really mad at her about how she was handling a customer interaction. According to these complaints, in a physically aggressive manner, he approached her. Forcing a co-worker to step in and stop the man from actually hitting her. Stevens reported that the incident, uh, she reported the incident to the store manager. And rather than disciplining the male colleague who allegedly tried to hurt her, the manager relocated Stevens to a different location, according to the complaint. Location gets a lot less traffic, a lot fewer sales for employees. Stevens says that she didn't feel like it was fair that I went to a slower location based on what had happened between us in that exchange. And when Stevens submitted a complaint to HR, a man on the team called her and began asking questions about her personal life. Quote, whether she had a sugar daddy (laughs) and whether she had an OnlyFans account. End quote. Stevens was shocked. Quote, I immediately started crying. I told him I did not feel comfortable, and he still continued to ask the questions. End quote. According to Stevens, the male HR rep said, quote, We've heard that you have an OnlyFans account. Is that true? Then he added, We've heard that people have seen nude pictures of you. End quote. The questions made her feel violated. She felt sexually harassed, and she felt very uncomfortable. Quote, the nature of the questions when I'm literally reporting a physical assault is not okay. End quote. Her attorney, Vincent White, a partner at White, Hilferty, and Albanese, said the <laughs> wow. incident shows T-Mobile sided with Stevens' male colleague over her. T-Mobile chose to stand with a man who had a history of violence in the workplace over a woman who was a Here high performer is. at the company for seven years. Caitlin Stevens' personal life had nothing to do with the store operations while threatening co-workers with violence hinders the productivity and well-being of the entire workplace. End quote. There's a lot more to this article. Stop by their website there, um, theverge.com. Zoe Schiffer, T-Mobile employee, wow. files sued after HR asked invasive questions about her OnlyFans account. I don't know what that is. What What is that account, Rick? What's that? I find it hilarious that you're out here saying, I don't know what that is, but okay, I sure. Pre- I presume uh, from the way it's written, there's risque photos or something out there that uh, uh, the sugar daddy thing or whatnot, I'm interpreting between the lines well, on this one. And here. an OnlyFans account. Let's it's Google that. OnlyFans. Let's Google it. What Go ahead is, and Google it. What is... <laughs> You're hilarious. I don't know what I don't know what this is. What is risque photos? Let's see here. It's a okay, here it is. It's a subscription site that lets content creators monetize their influence. 
Creators mm-hmm. can lock their content behind a paywall and then people subscribe to watch their stuff or look at their stuff. It's eBay for content creators, yes. Wow. Pretty cool. It started off it started off with people cooking, people teaching other people how to do things, and it quickly morphed into just I guess peep shows. Ah, uh, right? due to the pandemic Born and stuff like that. Yes. Well, I, it's it's grown uh, during the it grew it grew five hundred percent. I read an article on that uh, on the really? Wall Street Journal about it. It grew five hundred percent during the pandemic. Um, actually, you know what? I don't know when it started happening. Remember how we ran that story a couple of years ago with the uh, exotic dancers and over in California? Oh, uh, the ones that wanted to unionize. Correct. So now they, and then with the uh, pandemic, that combined with the pandemic shutting everything down, especially in California, they had no choice but to take their shows from at home and broadcast them from home and create content from home. So it's gotten really, really out there, but it grew 500% during that pandemic. So here's the thing. Uh, Coming back to this, she is a thousand percent right. Why would HR be asking her that unless there is evidence to show that she is using the company name in her shows, in her in her process with OnlyFans? That is the only reason HR should be asking questions of, of, of that that personal to an employee, especially when she's coming forward, letting HR know that she's being assaulted by another coworker. And now they're retaliating. They they are. This can be considered retaliation by moving her, not the male coworker, moving her to a store that generates less sales. That can be considered retaliation. But based on this, it's just what I'm reading here alone. They should not have asked those questions. So yeah, they are in for a, lo- a big trouble. And Mr. Vincent White, the uh, the attorney, he's going to get a lot of money out of that. <laughs> so I can see that happening. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's OnlyFans has grown. Uh, it, it's ha- has become really popular, and employees or people who have an OnlyFans account really need to be careful not to use their employer's information anywhere in there that they can tie the employer to whatever you're doing oh, off work. You mean like um, their lobby it, or conference room? Is this where it happened? No, I have no idea. Oh, I'm like, oh my God. So, yeah, just, of course. I'm just theorizing. <laughs> hey, I'm on my lunch. Let me go make some extra money. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah. That's hilarious. Let me go do a cooking segment <laughs> from the lunchroom. So I want to go back out good because she said she was horrified. She was, she felt uncomfortable. I want to understand what she felt uncomfortable about because she obviously feels comfortable in having an OnlyFans account. I'm assuming she felt uncomfortable with the questions crossing over into work. Uh, it was probably the way the HR guy was asking her the questions that made her feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, that, that was my yeah. take on it, actually. Got it. All right. Wow. The last story here. I'm slipping this one in for you because it is huge news. AMC Theaters has filed to potentially sell 11.5 million shares on the back of the steep rise in its stock price. Due to the Reddit-fueled retail trading and closing this past week in SEC filings, the cinema giant told investors, we caution you against investing in our Class A common stock unless you're prepared to incur the risk of losing all or a substantial portion of your investment. That warning sent shares to parent AMC Entertainment Holdings Incorporated down to $2.51 or 4% to 60 Point twenty one in pre-market trading 
as SEC filings underlying recent market volatility unrelated to its fundamental business. I think there was even something on the news about like a, a news reporter talking about a short on this or something when she shouldn't have been. Yeah. Of what? How did that one break down? Do you do you remember that? That was the uh, GameStop one, right? With the uh, with with the short sales. No, this is like this week, right now, AMC theaters. No, I know. They're trying to prevent that from happening again. Right, right, right. That's what right. they're saying, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the warnings did little to deter investor appetite for AMC stock, and the cinema giant on Thursday said it had raised a, another $587.4 million of new equity capital before commissions and fees at an average price of $50.85 a share. Now, in a statement, AMC CEO... Adam A. Aaron said of his latest <laughs> capital raise, bringing in an additional $587 million of new equity on top of the $658 million already raised this quarter results in a total equity raise in the second quarter of $1.246 billion, wow, substantially strengthening and improving AMC's balance sheet, providing valuable flexibility to respond to a potential challenge and capitalize on attractive opportunities in the future. Now, in a separate SEC filing, MC's board said it will seek investor approval at an upcoming annual meeting of stockholders set for July 29th to boost its authorization shares to 25 million, but not until January 1st, 2022. There's a whole lot going on with AMC. If you're not familiar, Google AMC, see what's going on. The stories are astronomical. I- Meme stock uh, surges <laughs> continue. Ricky, over to you. <laughs> Oh man, let me tell you. You know what? All this social media, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's 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 all this is, brother. And you know what? Taking a it's, step it's, back, it's and, not it's not and, Facebook. It's not all social media. It's literally TikTok and Reddit. It is. That's it. <laughs> well, so it, it's I'm look. I I'll be the first to tell you that I am. TikTok is my drug. It is a an addictive device when you go to bed at 11 you're like ah let me see what's going on next thing you know it's 3 30 in the morning you're like what the heck where did that did this time go i see a lot of people coming across really convincing about investing here and investing there and people do it i gotta send you the video of the one guy who who followed a tiktok trend to invest in dogecoin or bitcoin one of those crypto things and he lost ten thousand dollars in 27 minutes oh my god 27 minutes and he's horrifying. still crying <laughs> he's, dude and he's still crying and i'm like oh you poor guy but whatever i don't feel bad <laughs> so dude i i feel bad for the movie going experience because i don't think we're ever going to to see that again and i really I miss you I do? do i do i really really do so? and it's going to be radically different i mean we're we're Talk on the me. verge of like some new technology uh, we are uh-huh. on the verge of uh, 8K and beyond, holographic displays, visual imagery, quantum computing. I, I really think you might reach a time where uh, where the theater, the stadium, houses all fully vaccinated people with no masks. And then the stage <laughs> is full of like, you know, live action. Real people? Live action like a play? scenes. Yeah. Like a play. A play. <laughs> But it's all like live with the graphics and everything around you with with no need for glasses or anything like that. That'll be the future. That'll be the future. It'll come back. I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime. Then, yes, if that's the case. In 10 years. Within 10. Are you seeing it right now? Right now, in 10 years, in 2031. Maybe. We're going to be seeing that. Could, Got it. It could happen. 
<laughs> I mean, Ricky, in, in 1999, they said they were going to build a new peace bridge here in western New York to connect to Canada. It's 2021. That that stuff didn't happen yet. You know? I no, mean, there's a... There's a delays minute, I've been on in the things. peace bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Wasn't still the that? same bridge. It hasn't changed. Oh, okay. It hasn't changed. Oh, got it. Oh, before we get I, carried I away. I saw an I-4. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Still exactly there. Right. Still there. there. Yeah. If you could for me, uh, keep yourself on mute there with that. Let's pull up the Florida Man piece. There's a clip to play right at the beginning. If you want to get that set and ready. Uh, typically, our Florida Man segment is a little funnier. This one's kind of funny, but not really funny. Hang on. It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories this week, once again, brought to us in part by... Uh, Batic Rat Cat uh, Healthcare, or whatever that was called. We'll have to circle back on that to kind of get the exact <laughs> name. Coming up again a little bit later. But uh, this was our newly evolved segment. If if everyone uh, who's been around and, and stuck around with us the past few weeks, you know, it went something like... Florida Man Stories, brought to you in part by the Intern Dave. Intern Dave's Florida Man segments. But believe it or not, Intern Dave isn't here today. He's still doing a lot of great work behind the scenes, just not here right now. Over to you, Rick. Let's hear that clip. Ray Williams say sugar is big. King all around here, man. And so is anything that has ties to it. That's a good anytime somebody gets shot. Y'all hear about the shooting at the sugar factory? Yeah. In fact, we found a lot of people with familial ties to Sugarcane Growers Cooperative of Florida near Bell Glade. One woman who didn't want to show her face on camera has a son that works there. It's a good income. According to the county sheriff's office, an employee, 86-year-old Felix Cabrera, was arrested after a deadly workplace shooting Friday morning. Deputies responded just before 11 a.m. and arrived to find a man dead near the entrance of a building. When they found the shooter, he still had a gun. Detectives say Cabrera had been told he was being terminated and was instructed to clock out. They add that he asked to continue to work there and became upset, ultimately pulling out a gun, shooting the victim several times. The victim's name has not been released. Well, that is only source of income. This woman, like others we spoke to in Belglade, wonder just how it could happen. What made him click saying that you know, you know, you're shooting at In a statement, the cooperative said they are horrified and deeply saddened by the senseless violence, and they're praying for the victim's loved ones as well as all team members and growers. They also thank the first responders who bravely and quickly responded. In Belglade, Arthur Mondale, WPTV, New Channel 5. WPT of Egg, News Channel 5. I like that. That was pretty cool. That story um, is harsh, though. From the employer perspective, I, man, talk to me here. What do you think? Did I hear that correctly? They told him he was terminated, but then told him to work? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. That's that's what <sighs> I heard. Maybe I misheard it. Well, no. Then I guess you and I misheard the same thing, yeah. right? So, it, 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 look, these are happening so often that I didn't, that wasn't even in my radar. It wasn't. Ten years ago, that would have been the story of the nation. Now it's like, ah, every Tuesday. And it's sad. It really is sad. But I think I think the organization missed the mark here. They really missed the mark. From an HR perspective, when you you've got to humanize separating employees. 
And this is why I tell people, all hiring authorities, firing authorities, and HR, I don't care what the employee did. I don't care how the employee pissed you off. I don't care how angry the employee is making you. You separate from employment humanely. You separate employment like a human being with compassion. Because although the employee is the one who pissed you off, that music keeps getting louder and louder. <laughs> if the employee is the one that pissed you off, there are other people that are affected by this. Other people, family members who are not part of the organization that are affected by this. And they're thinking about that. So do it humanely. And good Lord, if you're going to fire somebody, don't ask them to continue to work and finish their responsibilities when you fire them. That's just the icing on the cake. Or it go, is. Or go the other path of it, like Jeremy Zuck brought up on Twitter. You know, he just got a rejection email from an organization that he interviewed with in January. So cut it off at the pass. Don't even bother <laughs> hiring the people. Just let just let your decision sit around for six months and then email them in June. Right. Interview now. Who said in that, July. Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. HR Talk so, tweeted that out the other day there as a retweet. Uh, Jeremy Zuck, he, him, he, him, Jeremy Zuck. Hey, Jeremy, that organization just proved to you that you don't belong there and they don't and they do not deserve you because you applied in January and you get that rejection email six months later. Dude, that is, if that is not a sign on how disorganized that organization is and you know what he should that that right there should validate the reason why he didn't get selected, not because he didn't lack any kind of skill set it's because the organization lacks the organization to hire worthwhile employees. Good for him. Seriously, good for him. So organizations, let me tell you this, how you treat a candidate from beginning to end really shows who you are as an organization. We've, and I we've tell got, all my, we've got like two minutes left on the show. Hurry up. No, no, this is important, man. This is important. People out there, I got to tell you, recruiters, your onboarding process to any employee doesn't start on the first day they walk in the door. Your onboarding process starts as soon as they click, I want to apply. That is that is the onboarding process, and it starts there. And how you treat the employee, whether they get the job or don't get the job, really sets a lot about I, your I brand. just got another text to ask you to not go on about this topic. You're, you're giving away too no. much. We don't have enough time in the show, I'm told to tell you. <laughs> Tell the face to shut up. Don't don't you ever feel like you're lifting the curtain though when you talk about stuff like this and saying too much? Do, do you ever? No. Do you ever worry about no. that? No, because it pisses me off. It pisses me off when I see that, and then and then employers wonder why we can't find good employees. Why are good employees? Oh, you leaving? found them. They walked on and found something else while you're deciding over seven months. Well, no shit. I don't want to lift the curtain. I want to rip it down. Rip the whole thing down and get a new one on Amazon. Speaking there of which, go. when uh when I left television and 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 the media industry and and kind of went to the international stage with that for. Okay, so I went from a local station to a to a national international company that was in in the media broadcasting space, right? And when I made that graduation, we went from uh, that day to day experience of being in an office where I'm in a cubicle with walls as high as the ceiling and, and limited communication to an open workspace where we could all literally see each other: CEO, CTO, COO. Mm -hmm. We were literally all within eye shot of each other. This is way back in the day, like 2009, though. I'm sure it's changed nowadays. 
especially I'm with sure. like the world way the world is now. But just just in that one instance, it was like a radical change to the environment. How do you feel about stuff like that? Do you feel that we should keep our lives confined in boxes, or or do you think you talked about ripping the curtain down? Once you rip that curtain down on recruiting, should that curtain like be non-existent when you walk into the workspace, or do you feel that having defined strict walls and, and, and closed door meetings and secret societies within an organization propagates the culture of trust. Where, where do you feel about all that? Employees work best when they feel comfortable in the environment they're in. Sometimes they're comfortable in an office. Sometimes they're comfortable working from home. Sometimes they're comfortable working behind that curtain. Let the employee pick whatever they want to do and you cater to that. And then you're going to have employees who are going to be in it for the right reasons. So except, yeah, except for, it to the employee. except for Apple. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Where they're like, come back to work. You know what? No. I mean, it's leave, leave those engineers alone. Leave them alone. Ne- ne- the next iPhone is going to be so crappy. Why? Because they have to do it from. It is. It is. It's going to have like a four megabyte camera. It's going to sound like an MP3 it's, from 20 years it's ago. It's going to have a floppy disk drive. <laughs> Your last story of the day coming up from the Huffington Post. Florida woman donates kidney to husband after ex-wife donates. Okay, Florida woman donates kidney to hubby's ex-wife days after they get married. Debbie Neal Strickland gave her organs to Maylene Mirth to ensure the woman would be able to meet her first grandchild. Ten years after their first date, Debbie Neal Strickland put on a cream-colored lace gown and married her longtime sweetheart at their Florida church. Two days later, she put on a hospital gown and donated a kidney to Mayaline, her new husband's ex-wife. What? Mayaline, 59 years old, had a long struggle with kidney disease, and by last year, she was ghostly pale with dark circles under her eyes. Her brother offered to donate a kidney, but wasn't a match. So Debbie volunteered. Jim and Mayaline have been divorced nearly 20 years, but they got along really, really well. As they raised two of their children together. And Jim fell in love with a 56-year-old Debbie. Who then took her kidney out of her body and gave it to the ex-wife. Ricky Baez, over to you. I don't know what to say to that, bro. I I don't know what to say. Look, if somebody needs a kidney and, and you're able to give it up, fine. Be that hero. But to throw in this variable of, oh, it's my current husband's ex-wife. What a giving person. <laughs> what a gi- That husband, boy. I, Debbie's, Debbie's just, desire yeah. to help ran much deeper than we all know. She okay. spent years watching her brother die of cystic fibrosis while awaiting a double mm. lung transplant. She offered one of her lungs, but she wasn't a match to her brother, and he needed two. When somebody needs an organ, if they don't get it, they're probably not going to make it. I know it's something that you do quickly, she said. Debbie passed the initial match for blood and tissue and began more complex testing while juggling a house full of kids in Florida and at one point a total urine collection jug for 24 hours. Debbie knew that, that all that was ever wanted was things done from her heart. Or she married Jim. She <laughs> married this Jim guy. And Jim, the day of the wedding, he wore a gray suit with a yellow shirt because he is Debbie's single yellow rose. 
It was an amazing day in their life together and in their love together. And because of that, through COVID-19 protocols being so strict and a chance of those kids losing their mom, Debbie wanted to make sure that they, they wouldn't have to live through that. Debbie stepped up to the plate, gave of herself to make sure that the ex-wife would see her grandkids someday. How does the color of the clothing they're wearing add any value to the story? No idea. But okay, stop good. by stop by HuffPost. HuffPost. Huffy HuffPost. That was written her, by man. Kelly Kennedy <laughs> of the AP. Florida woman <gasps> donates. She's a Kennedy. That's right. Florida woman donates oh, kidney wow. to Hubby's ex-wife days after getting married. That's Jerry. Our- Jerry, Jerry, that's <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. Why is that extra chair here, huh? <laughs> Dude. All right, it's that time Springer. of the show. Time for final thoughts. Ricky Baez, over to you. All right, final thoughts. Man, you caught me off guard with them. <laughs> no, you didn't. Look, leaders, give employees flexibility. Give. This is not the time to start fighting over they should come back to work. They should stay at the office. Give them that flexibility. I'm telling you, when employees feel comfortable in 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 an environment that's conducive to them, you are going to you are going to get the most return on your investment in their salaries via the talent that they have. Give them that flexibility. That's your final final thought. It is my final final thought. My final thought is a little bit different. There's another HR podcast out there, one that we've been battling with for a long time. Just like, just like how you say, what's what are those two sides of people in the Star Wars thing? You got the good and the bad people. Who are the good people? The Jedi's, and then you got the the bads. The Sith. The the Sith. Okay, so we're in that camp, and then over on the I don't know. One person's on one side, one's on the other, but this other HR podcast. Like on the Twitter, her name is Wendy Wear a Mask Daily is her name on Twitter. Like that really is. And I think she's a great person, like a very good human. Like as as people go, she's a good person. But now that the Fauci emails came out, I'm curious if she's going to change her Twitter name. That's my final thought of the day. Bro, bro, that, those Fauci emails hurt you, man. Those Fauci Dude, emails hurt Rogan, you, didn't they? Rogan really brought a full circle for me, you know? I, w- I want to see if Wendy Daly changes her changes her Twitter name to read Wendy Fauci told me to wear a mask, but it was complete bullshit daily. Like, I want to see if it was something like that. You know, like, I'm curious. I'm so curious now. That's my final thought, Ricky Bias. What are some of the best ways people can find us, please? <laughs> They can find us on Biasco.com or HRTalkPodcast.com. We are all over Tiki Taki. We are also, well, you know what? Anywhere social media, just look us up and please download us from your favorite podcast platform. We are everywhere. Let us know what you feel. Let us know what you think. We love you. We really do. On behalf With of Ricky Baez, our spiritual advisor, Rob, Ricky's kidneys, Ricky's wives, his dogs, everybody in between. It's been our pleasure to be here for you this week. Dave, the intern, is currently on assignment. He's going to be coming back for the program next Sunday or the Sunday after with some amazing stories about great things, or he might quit. We're about to find out in the weeks to come. And in the meantime, will Wendy Daly change the name on Twitter to remove wear a mask in light of the Fauci emails? I'm JC. Drive safe. Have a good night.
I've got Captain Crunch waiting for me. <laughs>